I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. This week, we're going to find out if the team is capable of being big boys and making it all the way through an episode without needing to go potty. We'll drag you back to an era when the Young Men's Christian Association felt it necessary to sue men with large moustaches for libel, and when real men went on strike to protect their livelihoods and did it properly with burning tyres and petrol bombs and shit. We'll discuss the role of the Waffen SS in modern stunt driving and explore the relationship between badly built Italian cars and badly made British films. My name's Steve Cook, and together with my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, we're going to blow the doors off a commercial for the Fiat Strada that filled a whole ad break in 1979, but only did it once. Anyway, here we are again, classic ads from simpler times, tones. I feel like a pig shat in my head. With no line. <laughs> oh, it's so long since I watched that movie. I'd like I need to watch it again. Can you hear me now? Hang on. What are you? Are you one or two? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I, Where are you? you know which one I better be. Ooh. Oh, I always put you as number one because I, sure I know you get upset. Okay, welcome back to Classic Hacks and from Simpler Times. <laughs> classic Craps. Classic Craps. It is Classic Craps after the last. Uh, Two episodes where you haven't managed to get to the end without rocking from side to side, chewing your knuckles, trying to get to the Donny. Okay, welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times Tones. Hello. Thanks very much for um, turning up. No, nothing else to do. The year is 1979. Okay. Uh, in the United Kingdom, James Callaghan was Prime Minister until the general election when Margaret Thatcher took his place. Oh, don't know him. Well, yeah, I suppose you're only 10 years old. It doesn't count. Seven. In the USA, Jimmy Carter was president. Right. I so like Jimmy Carter. Some of were called Jimmy. He was a one-term president, wasn't he? After your criticism about everything, about the intros being Coronation Street based, I have attempted to find out some more information about 1979. You better have something Coronation Street there in there. So the Young Men's Christian Association, commonly known as the... Young YMCA. Yes. Was sued... No, sorry. Let's start again. The Young Men's Christian Association, commonly known as... YMCA. 
they sued the village people for libel because of the song of the same name. Oh, dear. That's I suppose if you were a member of the Young Men's Christian Association, you weren't going to be too keen on four blokes dressed up respectively as a construction worker, a cowboy, a, cowboy, a policeman, a policeman, um, a Native American. And a Native American. No, that's only for the managers of the YMCA <laughs> and the chaplains. It's actually for the board of directors. Mm. Um, Sid Vicious died due to a heroin, heroin overdose during the trial for murdering his girlfriend, Nancy Spongen. Spongen. Spongen or Spongen? S-P-U-N-G-E-N. Don't know. I thought it was Spongen. She was sponging off him. The first modern bungee jump was performed by a group from the Oxford University Dangerous Sports Club. When, <laughs> they, them, crazy. when they jumped from the Clifton Suspension Bridge. You can see it now, can't you? Let's just drink one glass of red and two white. Oh, two of it. Two of it. This white wine's, this white wine's warm. <laughs> oh, God, you're so edgy. Sony launched the Walkman. Ooh. Did you have a Sony Walkman? I did have a Sony Walkman, yes. And I had... Um, some horrible headphones with, with orange foam, which sort of deteriorated. And I remember walking down Westwood Road with, with my Walkman on, thinking I was the bee's knees listening to Adam and the Ants and music. Oh, 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 and music. And music. Oh, 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 Marco Murray, Terry Lee, Johnny Tibbs and yours truly. Gary Tibbs and yours truly in the Naughty North and the Sexy South. We're all singing. I'm going to mouth. I went to see him in... in what um, the fuck was that? Adam and the Ants. Really? Um, I went to see him in the Astor, just up the road. And uh, I think I told you, right? So he's there and he comes out and he sings all his bits. You know, he wears the pirate whole regalia. Yeah, and he, he was Johnny Depp before Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp, right? right. And so he's got a little regalia, but he's obviously a lot chubbier now. And basically when he lifts his pirate hat off, all his hair lifts off with it. And it's all sort of stitched around the side, like one of those Halloween costumes. And music. He went, yeah, he went into acting for a little while. But, you know, that's what you get when you're being Prince Charming. Great music, though. Stand and deliver, brilliant. I had a Sony Walkman that was um, bright yellow. It was the waterproof version. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really good. What, for working down mine? For working down pit. <laughs> yeah, it was for down pit. That was, <laughs> that was a major consideration. Just so I could find it. When, when t- Canaries all died. Sorry, when you were t- sailing, went was out. that when you were working with the Oxford Extreme Group doing uh-huh. the bungee? 19.5 million people watched an episode of Coronation Street <laughs> in March, during which a lorry crashed into the Rover's Return pub. Deirdre Langdon, who was not yet married to wishy, wishy-washy Coronation Street intellectual like Ken Barlow, contemplated suicide at the news that her daughter Tracy was crushed under the carnage. Anyway, it turned out that Tracy uh, was actually in the park having a fag and it was all, it was made up. It was like, you know, what was it all a dream? They were just trying, to, just trying to get ratings. So how many? It's 19.5 million. That's a lot. It's a huge amount, isn't it? It doesn't happen anymore. I was listening to the ratings here on the on the, the most watched show, which doesn't say much um, here in Australia, and I think it was 340,000. Just like the most people watching it. Nothing. When, yeah, Top of the Pops used to get like 12 million and... Chegas plays pop, 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 Appointment viewing, it's called, isn't it? What's that? It's what, you know, appointment viewing where you just had to be there to watch oh, yeah. it before yeah. we all had, you know, instant playback and all yeah. that kind of stuff. 1979 before VCRs? No. No. I think there would be VCRs yeah. in 1979. I think, we, yeah, we had a JVC one with the remote control, but it was on a cable. I can remember my dad coming home with that first VCR. Yeah. Did, did you have that thing with your parents? Like my dad used to come to come home from the pub and he'd just have a load of knockoff gear with him all the time. No. I, my first digital watch, knockoff. Our first telly, colour TV, because we, oh, we had black and white, knockoff. Uh, VCR, 
knockoff. Was it? Every when you say knockoff, you mean nicked or just like yeah, just used to turn up in the pub. Somebody had knocked it off, and you'd go and sell it in the pub cheap. Every Friday was. Knock off meat Friday. See, I'd want a manual. I wouldn't be happy if it didn't have a manual because you couldn't download them. No, mum used to go out and do stuff. She used to go to the, the local, you know, equivalent of whatever it comet, but it was some old guy. She used to get all this stuff and I guess he gave it to her on principle on the idea of like the puppy dog for the weekend, you know, she'd use it and then buy it and then he died. So we just give it it. All right, it's nineteen seventy nine and we're gonna watch an ad for Fiat Strada. You would be too young to remember the Fiat Strada, I suspect. No, I, I remember the car. It's kind of like it was, I guess, studenty when I was growing up, like what my brother's mates or whatever. My memory of it is that it's a kind of knockoff uh, golf. So it's like a cheap golf. Was the golf out then? The golf was out, Mark. What did I think? Should we, we, so it was like 83, maybe. Might need to do a fact check on that one. Hey, Google, when was the Volkswagen Golf launched? May 1974. Oh, don't shut I suppose if we're doing it properly, we'd find out whether it was Golf Mark II by um, well, 1979. But that's all right. Yeah, it doesn't really it's matter. A golf. It was. It looked. It was the Italian Golf. In 1979, the Volkswagen Golf Mark I had been available in the UK for five years and wouldn't be superseded by the Mark II for another four years. Fiat considered the Strada a direct competitor for the Mark I Golf. Okay, this ad. This was groundbreaking, absolutely groundbreaking at its time. It was a two-minute ad that aired in the ad break during News at 10. Just once? Only aired once. Wow. What did they do with it after it aired once, Tones? What do you do? Well, I don't think they put it on YouTube. No. Maybe it ran on the cinema. Probably no. played in dealerships. No, they did what they always do, didn't they? They made a lot of cut-downs. They got a lot of PR. Interesting. News at 10, that would have been for the, the more discerning connoisseur. That'd have been like cocoa and hot chocolate pipe time, wouldn't it? There were two kinds of of people, weren't they? You either watched the 9 o'clock news on BBC Mm. or you watched the 10 o'clock news on ITV. I thought there were three types of people. Those that can count and those that can't. So, yeah. So, okay. Well, I I don't know. I used to stay up and watch the 9 o'clock news credits just so I could stay up a few minutes later. I wasn't, yeah, really too afraid with the 10 o'clock. All right. But it was a different kind of audience, no? For this car? Because this was kind of entry level or...? Anyway, sorry, I don't, let, I don't not think the water. I don't think it was actually that sophisticated. It's what, I suppose whatever the audience is for a you know a relatively cheap two door Italian car. Okay, it's, it has from simpler times, so we're not complicated anymore. Just, uh, um, the target audience they had decided apparently was happy to watch a two minute ad with no voiceover, no people that didn't show any of the features of a car. Somebody at the agency had decided that that was a good mm-hmm. idea. That's okay. Well, they got a trip to Italy out of it. If you're not that fond of opera with added Star Wars sound effects, you might want to skip the next two minutes. If you love a bit of it, then you've come to the right place. Have a look in the pod notes for the YouTube link if you want to see the ad. And in the meantime, this is what Fiat thought 1979 sounded like. Lord, what a coat and tell a cheetah 
There is nothing delicate about it. Um, it's got sort of dirty walls, and and it's you know it, by today's standards, I think uh, it would be quite clunky mechanics. But basically, we follow the a car being built, sprayed, put together, welding. You know the arcs, the sparks fly um, with a lovely um, Italian operatic track. Um, it, it moves along nicely, and then the the car finally comes together. And just as you think it's over, it's not. It comes out of the paint pit and then they're all sprayed and then suddenly they're on a track which looks like it needs roadworks done. Um, it's a bit patchy. It just looks like it's the Nuremberg light circuit or something like that. Um, and you've got these, uh, this array of brilliant colours. Really, really <laughs> Sorry, good. Sorry, I just have to stop laughing at Nuremberg. It's like, it's, that's where they... The Nuremberg. That's where they had the trials of all the SS officers. No, 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 it's not, no. The, the Nuremberg Oh, the Nuremberg Nuremberg Well, maybe that's what Eden had is the Nuremberg I don't know. <laughs> I just had a picture of loads of people... <laughs> Let's good Gestapo officers driving around in Fiat Sorry, so it's a Nurburgs. Okay, so um, they're racing around with uh, an amazing like little palette. It would have taken someone a very long time to get those colours because they're, they're really good. Uh, don't ask me what's so special about them; they just work. So this little car goes racing around. They all, they're real drivers, no CG. They all form in a line and they drive up onto the transporter one at a time. And you can see how uh, the uh, how stiff the suspension is. There's no subtleties in there. Don't show anything inside the car. There's, a, there's a nod to a movie in the last 20 seconds of well, that. We are the Dunton Society. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. The original Italian job premiered in 1969 and starred Michael Caine and Noel Coward alongside David Kelly, Robert Powell, Irene Handel and Benny Hill amongst others. Michael Caine did his brother Stanley a right old favour in this film and gave him the only job of his acting career. It was the driving on the transporter, wasn't it? That's how they got rid of the minis, all the minis at the end of the Italian job. So yeah, and then it finishes with them all um, on a transporter and... It comes in with a very clunky, hand-built, or hand-built by robots. Boom, big stamp tagline at the end. Sorry, which bit's clunky? The, the big stamping thick font. I think it's an amazing ad. I just love the fact that it is so clumsy and so clunky by today. And, and the sound effects in there are taken straight from the movie two years ago. They are 2D2, I swear. It's like... But there's no finesse about the whole ad, which, which I love. Because the car isn't really finessed. It's not sophisticated. They don't show anything inside. They don't show any of the interior. They don't show any of the engineering. They just show how it's made. I think this ad's really interesting because it's got no voiceover. You're not showing anybody driving the car. No. Uh, except for the Nürburgring shop with their up in Gestapo uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get told about any of the features of the car. They did a good job, didn't they, with the uh, formation driving? Well, I think they're only probably going about 25Ks. Because if it was going any faster, you'd see sway and it'd lean. And, you know, when they turned in and there'd be some sort of wobble. Although the suspension does look rather stiff, rather rather firm 
for one's liking. When it goes up on the transport, it goes boom, boom, boom. You know, there's no, there's no softness or, or smooth running. That's how I think, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a no-frills ad. It's all real, right? That's the whole point. And the music makes it. The music makes it, and those colours, the range of colours at the end, just fantastic. So the music is uh, Figaro's aria from the Rossini opera, The Barber of Seville. And the sound design, with, with all the added robot, rob, ro, robot, uh, robotic, Nürburg. <laughs> with all the added ro, robotic chirps and beeps. Easy for you to say. Can you give me the name of a Greek electronic music composer? Is it like Hosses and Estavros? Remixed. What's his name? Vangelis. That's what I was going to say. Vangelis. Were you really? Yeah. Because you looked blank to me. I was singing. Vangelis. Vangelis. Yeah, so Vangelis did the sound design for that. Did he really? He did. And so definitely there were samples from R2D2. And do you remember... So the music that you just hummed, do yeah. you remember the movie that that was from? Yeah, the, the one where we're running the four-minute mile yeah. around um, Cambridge or Oxford, darling. Which was called? Which was called, not, I don't know. Oh, is that what he trying to tell me? It doesn't matter. It's called Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire, of course it was. Which was directed by? Oh, God, Lord, no. It's not Fade to Black, is it? Nah. No. Um, <laughs> Which is directed by our old, fr- our old friend, um, friend of the podcast, Tom oh, Conn. No, I do know. It's not, not um, um, Winterbottom CD. I can't think now. Hugh Hudson. Hugh Hudson. So Hugh Hudson directed Chariots of Fire. Oh, did he know? He did. Oscar-winning Chariots of Fire. He won four Oscars. Hugh, unfortunately, didn't get an Oscar for directing. Did he not? But he directed this ad. How's that? Yeah. What's the name of the man that ran the four-minute mile for extra points? Roger Bannister. And how long did it take him to run around the Nürburgring? Ring? <laughs> Wouldn't let it lie, would you? Yeah, so Hugh Hudson was director. He famously directed Chariots of Fire. And he also... But then he didn't really direct anything particularly famous after that. The only really well-known one that I could find was Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord Featuring. of the Apes. Oh, that would have been um, the, the Rutger Hauer, wasn't it? Or um, Dolph Lundgren? This is a real fact check. It was Christopher Lambert who starred as Tarzan, Lord of the Apes in Hugh Hudson's 1984 movie, alongside Andy McDowell, Ian Holm and James Fox. Two bits of trivia for you here. All of Andy McDowell's dialogue in the movie was overdubbed by Glenn Close in post-production because the producers didn't like McDowell's southern accent. Vangelis was going to do the music, but according to Hugh Hudson, he got writer's block and was replaced by a bloke called John Scott, who went on to work on episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants and a Harry Potter movie. Do you recognise any of these ads? These are other ads directed by Hugh before he became movie director. Mm -hmm. Levi's Walking Behind. British Airways Face. Yeah, that's where all the people make a big smiley face and and it blinks. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, uh, okay, that was yeah, and all the people. Yeah, no, like they make it, all the people run in and make a face, and the eye blinks. That sounds exactly like the Carlton Draft ad. Yeah, well, I think Carlton Draft maybe borrowed a little Ooh. off British heavies. Uh, Benson and Hedges swimming pool ad. Um, I think that is literally a pack of fags that go splosh in the water. And it's sitting there like at the sides, and it's like the water's bubbling, I think, from memory. Okay. 
and Courage Best, Gertje. So Gertje was, from memory, was a, an awful song by Chaz and Dave. One of those no, uh, um, novelty songs that kind of got into the... Gertje, I've never heard it. Really? We can look that one up. The Benton and Hedges swimming pool ad features a lot of beautiful shots of the Arizona desert with lots of close-ups of snakes and lizards. A huge packet of Bensons is then dropped by helicopter into a swimming pool. The end shot is of a 24-sheet poster site close to Battersea Power Station. There's a packet of bennies on the billboard. The ad goes on for a minute and a half. It's a disorientating experience. On one level, it's about trying to make fags cool. On another, you're in your own movie and about to be forced at gunpoint into the boot of an Austin Allegro by Jimmy Osmond. The Benson's ad is nearly as weird as the Courage Best offering, which is indeed based on the Chaz and Dave song Gertje that went to number 20 in the charts in 1979. The visuals on that one have held up, but the Little England music hasn't. Finally, it's fair to say that the Carlton Draft ad owes uh, more than a little bit to the Hugh Hudson BA commercial. In fact, the similarities between the two have provided the inspiration for a future episode of the pod that will feature ads that have either had very specific allegations of plagiarism made against them or should have. Enough said about that one, I think, for now. So you've got Hugh Hudson, who makes friends with Van Gellis and then Van Gellis goes on to get become massively famous after he did the, sang the theme tune, wrote the theme tune for Chariots of Fire. What was his other there's, a, there's a great video of Van Gellis doing... It's just him sat at a piano. He's got a fag on. It's brilliant. He's <laughs> good. You know, you know your granddad used to smoke, smoke fags with it reversed into the palm of his knees like that. <laughs> Um, this ad was basically a written ad. This ad was basically a really, really expensive factory tour. It was, but it was also very good. I mean, they would have shot there probably for about a week, I reckon, because obviously this isn't, you know, uh, in a correct order of how the things are made. It's, it's, it just gives it, a, you know, the idea and the impression, right? You're right. It's yeah. not. It's not. They're not showing a linear process. They're showing. I, I, but they want to get the idea. I think it, it's difficult to say. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was. There's so much to compare it with today. Um, that it's hard to sort of look at it um, in the way you would have in 1979 and go, wow, that's mm. like, it's a lot of world techno in it, right? You would have looked at that because it did. It would have looked fantastic. I just, I just love the fact, you know, the machines, the spray machines are just dirty and it's just like, there's no real accuracy. And, 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 you know, when the cars are racing around, there's big tarmac squares. If that was done today, you'd have all either posted or you'd have the, the Nürburgring um, re-tarmacked. Can I give you a quote from... Um, what, to tarmac it? It's from Campaign Magazine. Yeah. It says, the ad is as close to being science fiction as you get. It's like two minutes of a Star Wars movie. Star Wars was released a little bit earlier, 1977. And the car was just as astronomically priced. <laughs> but, you know, it would have been scary for Actually, a lot of people. Actually, the ad was just as astronomically priced. How much do you reckon it cost Ooh. to put that ad together in 1979? God knows. As I say, it would have been a week's worth of, um, you know, shooting in a factory and all the, you know, evenings entertainment every day. Um, for everyone, but at least there were, you know, there's probably no health and safety tours that have to go on at least. But I, I don't know. Um, there'd have been an enormous amount of footage, I reckon. Um, I don't know how much work they had to put into it to, to make the grey look, you know, obviously it's film, so it's hard when shooting stuff which has got sparks or whether any of that was put on afterwards. I'm not sure. So that ad is going to cost you 300,000 of your British pounds well, in 1979. That's a massive amount of money in 1979. That is a massive amount of money. Huge so amount that of money. Been, uh, that would have been a lot of rolls of film. They would have processed everything and then just given it to an editor for like two weeks. And of course, you know, had to get close enough to the machines to hear the... 
And of course, you've got the old got Vanny on it. Yeah, I reckon hundred thousand pounds of that is Van Gelis for the yeah. sound design. Easy. When they could, have, yeah, could have got on from iStock Audio. <laughs> I stuck audio. That's where I'd be from today. But it's it's a good. But you know what? It would have been very scary. It'd been interesting to, to a lot of people to go. Oh, that looks you know um, sort of high tech and it looks modern because everybody's used to, for want of a better term, the grease monkey with a spanner who you know buy a car that's made on a Wednesday, right? Not yeah. a Friday. And so that would have been very appealing to a lot of people who wanted reliability, even though it was a, a Fiat, and been scary to people you know, in the UK, who are in the cars thinking, well, look at that, it was foreigners, I had a made of cars in, innit? So you've hit the nail, I think, right on the head there. What was happening in 1979 was that throughout Europe, a lot of strikes, there was a lot of very shoddy manufacturing going on, particularly a lack of trust in British manufacturing. Mm. And this ad, I think, shows a vision of the world which has no working class in it. There's no poor people in it. You know, Wayne's not in there banging something relentlessly with a hammer at the Austin Morris factory yeah, to, make it, the car, right? to make it um, to make it fit. So it's a world populated by uh, reliable, clever, shiny, obedient machines with the working class stripped out of it. So what about the actual car? So tell me about the car, the Fiat Strada. The Fiat Strada. I really enjoyed uh, researching this ad because typically there'd be a load of stuff based around the um, advertising industry's take on the ad. What there actually is, is a load of stuff based on car enthusiasts take mm. on the car yeah, and right. the ad. Auto Express magazine, for instance, rates this ad as the sixth best TV ad of all time. Well, there's a whole new episode to see what the other five are. Auto Express, mm-hmm. what did their readers vote as the best car ad of all time? Mm, the best car, what year? Sorry, the survey was done like 2010, something like that. Okay, the best car ad of all time would probably be Lexus Champagne Glass. Are you saying that because you did that? No, no, no. Or it's got to be maybe one of the Volkswagen ones, or maybe it's not really a very good car ad, but Honda Cog was very good. That's a brilliant ad. It's a brilliant ad, but it's not a very good car ad. Isn't it nice when things just work? So history hasn't treated the Fiat Strada very well, Mm. especially amongst people who know anything at all about cars. And this is a discussion that I wanted to have with you. So the ads give the impression that the cars are cutting edge. So the whole robots building, showing no people, Mm. very futuristic, very modern which suggests that the car is futuristic and the car is modern. Mm. It suggests that the car is a cutting edge technological marvel, which it apparently wasn't. Hmm. The car was a piece of shit, primarily because... It was a Fiat. Well, Fiat had done a deal with the Soviet Union and they sold the design for the Fiat Strada to the Soviets because, remember, this is pre the Berlin Wall coming down. Mm. And in return, the Soviets gave them a load of cheap steel, mm. which they then built Fiat Stradas out of. Apparently, this steel was like tissue paper. If you had a Fiat Strada in the UK, within a couple of years, it started melting. Really? Yeah, because of all the salt on the on British roads. The car was pretty much a disaster. Its reputation fell faster than rod hole off a roof. <laughs> and now for my next tenuous link. That was a nice segue. My question to you was, I think this is a great ad, but 
What happens when the ad is so much better than the product? See, as a suit, it's kind of baked into the process. You just know that most of the time, what you're trying, what you're striving to do is sell a dream. Somebody attempted to sell the, the dream here, and it literally was a big pile of white dog shit. <laughs> what happened to white dog shit? Whatever happened to white dog shit? I think to- there's a podcast in that. Whatever happened to white dog shit? Copywriter Paul Welland came up with this idea after seeing an item on Tomorrow's World. Mm. Do you remember Tomorrow, I Tomorrow's, love Tomorrow's World? World? Yeah, it used to be on seven o'clock before Top of the Pops. Raymond Baxter and William Woolard had just been replaced by Judith Hahn and Kieran Prenderville on Tomorrow's World. Is that the woman with the perm? Exactly. She looked like... Um, she was very tall. Yeah, she looked like... Uh, what's his name out of the Queen? Yes. Brian May. That's so, that's so mm. good. And Raymond Baxter was the, the bloke who'd been there from the start in right. like the late 60s. He was like yesterday's world. He was, he was um, phased out, shall yeah. we say. But yeah, so the copyright Paul Welland had seen an, uh, a little bit on Tomorrow's World and he decided that that's how they were going to sell lots of Fiat Stradas. It says Judith Hahn going, there are no working class people in this factory anymore <laughs> don't even think yeah over to you Kieran that's what I mean on next yeah here I am yes in Italy it's quite amazing lots of robots making lots of sounds making great cars and no poor people no oiks <laughs> no dirty canteens with top three page three calendars so Paul Welland and his art director David Horry at CDP sold the ad in to Fiat and then they went over to the Fiat factory in Turin to shoot the film and they couldn't get in the factory why because all the fiat workers were picketing the factory oh because they were all losing their jobs because they were being replaced by robots robots it was also it was all very very um, confidential it was all under a shroud <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. Okay. But they had the whole, you know how um, how the Euros do strikes better than the Brits? Like they had the whole burning tyres, the roads closed, they were throwing um, petrol bombs at the police and all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. And so they went in through a back door and then at the run of the factory for a week. Okay. Talk to me about the branding in this ad. Um, I think the branding's worth... 3.6 because he could have really been anything at the end he could have said Alfa Romeo could have could have said Ford I mean sort of because it was a factory which is it didn't locate where it was if it wasn't for the music you know if you had put in um, you know Vangelis it could have been a British guy so yeah it's 3.6 okay branding um, what do we do next after branding um, craft. craft I'd give it 4.4 um, what about the whole Shooting the robot with the sparks and the oh. Van Gelis and the sound design. You're not, not I, I not think the sound impressed. is awful, to be honest. Oh, really? I, I think it's seriously, it sounds like someone's playing on, on a um, speaking spell just just outside the um, studio with, with the blips and bleeps. Oh, the chirps and bleeps. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and the craft of it, well, as I say, even though it was robotic, you know, it, it could have been a little bit more, even at that time, techno. It was more sort of factory than tomorrow's world. For my liking. Okay. It could have been more sort of crap. I mean, yeah, stuff like the big tarmac squares just bugs me. Like where they fill the potholes oh, in. Fill the it's just, it's just like you've got these beautiful cars <laughs> all lined up wonderfully, right? 4.4 no. and I'm being generous, I think. Woo, I think you've been very generous after we've so just say 4.4, I meant 4.1. Casting's hard. Well. Because there's no people in so it. It's robotic, the acting, isn't it? Yeah, but the so fact they didn't have it, I So think the was, question is, how many points do you give? 3.9. 3.9. 
for the decision not to have people in the ad. Probably, yeah. Qu- quite a brave and the fact to have no no voiceover. Quite a brave decision. Yeah. Creativity. Well, at the time again, it's all going to be put into context. I think. Ooh, let's put it. Oh, it's, it's four over five minus two three divided by three k. Four. I think that's definitely four point seven. Otherwise, you're going to get upset because it is the greatest ad in the world. I think it's very good. Um, <laughs> I never said that. I didn't say creativity. I, didn't, I, didn't say, I, I, I thought I think, it was the you know, greatest ad in the yeah. world. So what else have we got? We got. Have we got anything that's else? That's it. No. no do we got so it? Because no. you know, they always say good direction is invisible. So I think you don't look at this and you go, "It's an ad." You just look at it as almost like an interesting piece of, of film, almost documentary-like. That could be an opener to a documentary about factory work in Italy today and it would be just as interesting you know? it's like the beginning of a movie if I had, if that had credits on it and it was a film about how someone got murdered in a, in a car plant right you know you'd have the actors names and the producer it, it could be a really nice opening film so I think um, yeah I think creativity is up there so what's that uh, uh, 16.3 in Italian please 16.3 is it in 16.3 point? Belgium nil point. Here come the Belgians. 16.3. Well, it's all right. It's up there. I mean, it's, you know. (laughs) And on that note, thanks very much for turning up again, Tones. Thanks. Not in German knuckles today. I'm quite happily sitting. Can sit here and chat for ages. No problem at all. Danke. That's all from us this week on Classic Ads from Simpler Times. From a personal point of view, it's a relief to be able to end an episode with both team members still in their seats. Remember, it's an open-ended invitation from us here at Classic Ads Towers, but if you'd like to get a weekly dose of two middle-aged blokes talking about the times when ads were ads, then simply hit the subscribe button and we'll turn up in your feed every week like Jacob Rees Morgan, a Hammer Horror Movie. In the meantime, stay safe and we'll catch up with you again soon. Laters.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 